Welcome to Let's Get Boba and Talk About, the podcast where we sip and spill a little tea on the things that light us up and make us feel most like ourselves. I'm Jana, and for today's episode, let's get boba and talk about living for legacy. When I hear the word legacy, I think about two things. One, what it means to live a life of meaning and how what you do can influence those who come after you. Two, I think about my favorite Broadway musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton, and the song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Not to get super dark here with that Hamilton song, but I do love thinking about this concept of how you live your life, the way you share it with the world, and how your story could impact generations after you. Legacy doesn't have to be a morbid topic, and it doesn't have to be strictly about what happens after you die. Legacy can be about the way you live and approach your work and how it influences the people who may come after you in your professional role. I know that legacy isn't something we always have the luxury to think about, but if we spent some time with this, how would we want to create a legacy that could also promote the greater good? Christian Page is a good friend and even better human being. He is an Emmy-nominated poet, speaker, and educator. Christian was just named Poet Laureate for the city of Tacoma in Washington State, his hometown, which he proudly represents in everything he does and everywhere he goes. Christian's life mission is plant seeds, no shade. It is inspired from a line of his poem, Trees. A wise person plants seeds so that their descendants will have shade. For being a young person of professional success, Christian is an old soul. He has great wisdom and is generous with sharing his gifts with his community. So get comfy because I already know this conversation will fill your cup. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review my podcast on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. If you were waiting to have your boba, I'm sorry for making you wait for so long with all the pre-chat. Did not wait. Did not wait. <laughs> Even better. Absolutely. You're like, mm, I've been sipping this tea. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. And welcome to Let's Get Boba and Talk About. This has been an episode waiting to happen for quite a while. I'm so excited that we finally found some time to connect. So I've had a chance to introduce you to our listeners from my viewpoint as your friend, but how would you like to be known by listeners who are not yet familiar with you? I, I think the most important thing about me um, comes in two places, right? Like one is that uh, I'm just somebody who wants community to work for everybody. Um, and then the second is that I'm, I'm from Tacoma, born and raised in Tacoma, uh, won't be leaving Tacoma anytime soon, uh, and really believe in like legacy and planning yourself. Uh, I, I just think it's so important. And so... For myself, right, I'm Christian Page. I'm a poet, I'm a speaker, I'm an educator, I'm a Swiss Army knife of all things community. Uh, but really, those are the two most important things about me. One, I love community. Uh, and two, right? Like, um, Let us nutshell, know where you're from. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to give us something new and tell me that you were a Swiss Army knife aficionado. No, absolutely not. I have no skills with actual Swiss army knives. I'm really okay. good with metaphors though. You know what I mean? So. Yes, indeed you are. <laughs> well, 
I'm so excited for us to have this conversation about um, living for legacy and getting to talk a little bit more about hashtag plant seeds, no shade. Come on. But first, we got to get to the boba. And I honestly do not know because we've never had boba before together. We've had poke before. Yep. But we've never had boba. So I need to know where you are on the boba pro scale. You know, I'm... On a 10, I'm probably like a four. My boba game is not super high. Uh, I've always been invited to boba and never found my own boba spot. But on South Tacoma Way, there's two joints that uh, I'm a big fan of. Okay. Which one did you go to today? Uh, not the ones on South Tacoma Way. So um, it's an L too. Like normally I don't like speaking bad about boba. I'll leave the name of the place that I got this from out. Okay. But it took me like 25 minutes to get it. It's kind of uh, watery a little bit. Oh, um, the honeydew is still honeydewing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Hanging out with you will make this taste better. It's all good. And you know, maybe it's one of those, like it takes a little while and we'll find out at the end if it still feels like that initial, but it's not good when the first impressions are already that way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I'm a repeat customer at this spot. Woo! Okay, well, tell us, what did you order today? Uh, got the honeydew. Um, got your your regular tapioca. And then I got some uh, mango jelly to spice it up a little bit. Yum. And then did you go with a fruit tea or a milk tea base? Uh, milk. Oh, yeah. so you got milk tea flavored with honeydew. And then I need to know, how sweet is it? Is it regular? Is it adjusted? Is it? as is um it's kind of sweet it's not like a, a super sweet thing but you know the mango helps but um you didn't like customize and tell them 50 percent, or you just got it as it was yeah okay. normally i just trust the spot i'm like yo you know what you're doing yes yeah you're such a trusting person <laughs> that's what the world is built on right i appreciate that but when it comes to my boba and my coffee trust nobody yeah. <laughs> no, I feel okay. Like so honeydew milk tea with um, boba and jelly, you said. Yep. Okay. Sounds great. What I got, which by the way, I love that you got honeydew because that is a flavor I'm always looking for. Not every place has. I got this kiwi fruit tea. It's pretty. You can see like the kiwi and everything. Yeah. Um. With IU jelly, I have no idea what IU jelly is. Like, what is it? How is it different from regular jelly or grass fruit jelly? But the jelly be jellying in here somewhere. Um, and then I also thought I added, I think I did, I added crystal boba, which you can't see because crystal is like really like clear white. Um, it's different from the tapioca, the dark tapioca boba. So you won't really see it very well in here, but they're, they're like little white um, bobas. I never heard of that. You're putting me on new game already. <sighs> Welcome to crystal jelly boba, crystal boba. Um, okay, I say this in almost every episode, but I feel like I have to do this public service for friends who are especially on a four scale with their boba. Yep. Do you know about the proper placement of your straw? Or now I'm looking at your <laughs> cup. I'm already taking an L because I'm dead center, right? Like, 
It looks like it's not dead center. It, it is not, and that is okay, but I just felt the need to share this so that in the future you can maximize your boba beverage. Backwards. More frequent flyers, if you will. will... <laughs> These are important life things. Before no, we can talk about fact. legacy, we got to talk about the placement of your boba straw. No, for real. You put it on the side because your radius, especially once you get towards the bottom and you're trying to have that last little boba gets you a lot further than when you're in the middle trying to get over to the other side. This is a full sweep. Welcome. Turn, turn it all off. Turn it all <laughs> off. That's your game. That's your game right there. That's it's oh over. my goodness. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> That's what I got for you. Yo. If nothing else, right? You have a fabulous legacy, but you taught me something special today. <laughs> Thank you. This is what I was trying to leave behind in the world. No, I'm here for it. I'm here <laughs> for it. Now I'm looking at my drink like, I did this all wrong. No. Let me hang it up. There's, there's no way to do this wrong. If you're if you're going to get boba, you're already doing it right. Okay? Really? So, thank you for letting me enlighten you in the boba world. But I feel like we can also get into some other things, such as our topic of the day. Um. So I was thinking before we even get too far into the topic of legacy, I feel like we have to talk about trees because it's going to come up. It's already come up a little bit. Can you talk more about this really special poem for listeners who are not yet familiar with your work? Yeah. Yeah. Man, how much time do we have? This is this is one of my favorite. Endless time. Forever. 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 Your first five hour episode. Uh, <laughs> But no, the the poem is special. It's so near and dear. Uh, for those of for folks who don't really know Tacoma that well, uh, at the time period when I walked into the ninth grade, um, there was not high expectations for individuals to graduate from high school. I think we were living at like sub sixty five percent graduation rate. I remember walking into like the gym for assemblies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, freshman section was really tight. And then sophomore, you can expand a little bit. And by the time you got to like the senior space, the people were kind of laying out flat. And so like just to, to be able to see the physical manifestation of that was wild to walk into the gym. And there have been a group of individuals uh, who just did what they could with what they had. Um, that group of individuals eventually generated a nonprofit. Uh, the nonprofit right started off as a tutoring program in a garage uh, with a math teacher from Lincoln High School uh, named Tim Heron. Those individuals got together. They asked institutions to put their money where their mouth is. And long story short, in the conversation, they started a program called Act Six. And the program basically paved the way. It was for mostly first generation, mostly low income folks. Uh, essentially paved the way for a lot of us to be the first person in our family to go and graduate from a four year institution. And so the poem Trees, uh, essentially the, the core line is a wise person plants seeds so the descendants will know shade. And if you fast forward the conversation now, I mean, Tacoma has a, an above 90% graduation rate in their schools. Uh, many of the schools feature us, right? Like we, we've come back to be teachers, we've come back to be educators, we've come back to be CEOs of nonprofits. Some of us even founding our own. Uh, some of us are business leaders, some of us operate in the private sector, but the city is a better place because somebody saw us and not right, like, not like, oh, 
poor babies, we have to help them out, but saw us as expert in changing the place that we've taken inventory of what's broken. And so the poem uh, does a much better job of making that a succinct conversation. But essentially, it's the idea somebody planted seeds, there's now shade because of it. Uh, and because people were good stewards with their seeds, there's an orchard that now stands for the generation who comes next. And so it's my favorite. It's like one of my favorite pieces. Uh, and it makes me so happy. It's so beautiful. Please check out the trees poem on YouTube. Uh, where, Vimeo, ChristianPage.com. Vimeo, this, that, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> no, uh, YouTube, Vimeo, probably your best two spots, but uh, floating around a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. Shout out to Tim Heron and the founders of Act 6 for planting those seeds. I think that's, no, we did not meet through Act 6. You had already graduated as an Act 6 scholar, but I had the I've had the honor over the years of working with many Act 6 students through the process um, and then also seeing them grow into adults and be the educators and the CEOs and the folks that are coming back into their communities. It is amazing to see how uh, just how wide that community now spans beyond Tacoma and the way that folks are getting recognized and you among those people and the way that you have elevated and um, been so generous about bringing that back to sharing your talents with Act 6, writing that particular poem. So I'm curious to know from that poem, I think, I don't know if it came about immediately after, but you know, you've got, you have been getting more, I would say I've noticed as your friend, you've get, gotten more clear and more, not narrow, but like more specific with your mission, right? Um, so the other day I, I saw you post, you know, the mission is still plant seed, no shade. How did that, how did that become, all right, this is where I'm going to focus? Yeah, I, it, it was, it was game. And it's so weird because I, I think the opposite, right? Like, even though the 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 focus on purpose has gotten narrower, I think that the field of what I do has now gotten wider because of it, uh, right? Like, it's always on mission. I, I would think of, you know, plant seeds, no shade as the filter or the sifter that everything has to go through to determine if I do it or not. And there's a lot of stuff that I would say no to because I don't like the harvest that would show up if I planted those seeds. And so uh, I think the way that that's come about is really through um, my relationship with people from like tribes around us uh, and like being introduced to this idea of the seventh generation, uh, which essentially says, right, like the decisions that I make in this world should honor the seven generations that have come before me and make way for the seven that come after me. And I do that work in tandem with both my ancestors and my descendants. And so to look at it through that frame of planting seeds and knowing shade, uh, I think it, it's really just refined. Like this is this is what I'm allowed to do because this is what's going to happen down the road if I do. And I think investing in individuals and not from a prescriptive lens but a responsive lens, right? Like how can I be of service to you? Yeah. How can I help? Here are the things that I'm good at. Here's the things we have to find somebody else for. Um, but the whole work is right. Like how how do I plant shade? Or excuse me, how do I plant seeds so that folks will know shade? And I think it's been uh, a process also of having my own children 
And right, like knowing that my decisions don't just impact me anymore. Um, they'll have an echo or reverberation for, you know, even just within my own immediate family for, for years to come. Right. And so there's certain habits that had to be discarded. There's certain uh, ways in which I spent my time that I no longer do. Uh, and if it does not fit under the guise of being able to create shade in the future, um, the answer is no, boom. Right. So, like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That is a really, um, it's just interesting that you can clarify it at this this early in the game for you. I know you've been doing this for a long time, but you're also a young person who happens to be an old soul. So for you to even get there at this early uh, stage in your life, when you've got so many generations yet to still impact, one props to you, my friend. But I'm curious, how do we get other folks around us to even consider not worrying about just the shade that they can stand under? How do we get folks to even get to the point of thinking beyond themselves and thinking into the next seven generations? You're asking me to plant seeds right now when I'm trying to find my own shade and I may not have had the folks before me be thinking about me in that way. So why should I be thinking about others? That's the part that I wonder, how do you, how do you move with those circles? Yeah, I mean, I, I call people to the carpet, to be honest, right? Like, I think we got so heavily involved in this idea of individualism that people forget that we're all connected. Mm. Uh, and I think, for example, like, you know, you think about schools and parents who will label other people's kids bad kids, uh. right? And we should have slowed this down or we should have do this or we shouldn't do that because those kids just don't value. I'm like, all right, let's fast forward this conversation 10 years those kids don't disappear, right? They still live in your community. They're still a part of, you know what I mean? And like, if someone shows them compassion, if someone shows them mentorship, if someone leans into like your community is more vibrant because of it. And so I think I, I just like, I, I want to put the lens uh, on people's eyes. Like, here's the perspective. Like, <laughs> Either you can love people or, right, you can put them in a mindset of scarcity you can take from them and... Uh, ultimately is still going to have an impact on you. Um, I think the other thing that's really important is like, folks just have to understand compassion, right? And sometimes like, you you know, you just have to have, like, when was the last time someone was compassionate to you? And what was the result of it? When was the last time someone had full ability to punish you and decided to show you grace instead? Then... And what did that feel like for you? Being able to pass that feeling on as a value and selfishly, right? Yo, it feels really good to help other people, right? Like I'm not for the like, you know, and let me, let me, social media, me handing this money to someone who is without shelter, right? Like that's not the game, but I do think like that feels good. I sleep better when I know that I've helped someone, right? And, and there's all, there's going to be a time where I need help too. And I think if we realize that reciprocal relationship that we have a better chance at being able to do things, and I'm not bad in a thousand. Some people just, <laughs> it's all about me. You know what I mean? Um, but those are the things I try to instill. And if it has to be done, not necessarily through shame, um, but through calling folks, let's talk spicy about it, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> No shade and oh shade. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Come on. You might be a poet. Go with the double entendre. Shade and shade. Okay. I'm going to stick to my day job. 
Filipino Oprah. Good one. <laughs> also, when you said, compa- you know, having to extend compassion and grace to an individual that could use that um, to better themselves or to belittle you, why did I immediately just also think about marriage? <laughs> As I mean, there are so many times, right, where it's like, all right, you know all the best and worst traits about each other, and yet still being generous with the compassion and the grace, and then bringing that outside of your home, outside of your own bubble, and encouraging that amongst people you do not yet know, people you are not yet friends with, right? So I'm curious... Whose legacy or legacies have impacted you to move in this way in the world? Oh, man. I mean, there's there's so many, right? Because you can think distant, you can think modern, you can think rather. There's some young people that I'm like, dang, I wish I was a little bit like you. Um, But no, right, like the the cliches of of MLK and I think Malcolm X fit into this conversation. Malcolm X with maybe a little bit less compassion, uh, but a whole lot of truth telling. Um, yeah, it's, it's special. But I, I think even locally, right, that there have been some really big influences on me. I, I think about uh, when I was really early on in um, college admissions or trying to serve the world that way, you know, it's like really helping students who had never seen college campuses before get access to it. Uh, there was an individual by the name of Andrea Paul that just like, she had done her homework so well. And like, she's the epitome of like any system that can be learned can be maximized. And so like she understood financial aid, she understood discount rates, she understood community outreach and all that. And just watching her move through the world and create pathways for people uh, while still having it make sense for, you know, I could care less about this, but still making it make sense for an institution where like she, she was the first person I saw that could speak both languages and still benefit the people who were the least centered. And so I thought she was an amazing hero. Uh, I think about Ronnie Gordon, who was um, my English teacher, right? And you know, like he, I, I make a living through words now, uh, but it was the first time that I really felt like someone uh, saw me, someone loved my writing and in a world that told me I could only be a couple of things like, he really put in front of me, like, you could be a literary scholar and like, right. And now we're here and now we're here. And so like, I, I think uh, when I think about folks and this is the, the, the wide brush that I would paint with. Um, but like, I, I don't, they weren't concerned with how the world remembered them. They were concerned with the spark that they left with other people. Right. So Andrea was not in the game so that there could be a statue for her in front of whatever institution that she was working in. Right. It was because she understood what it was like to navigate that alone. And now, right, there's there are people who don't have to do it. And thinking about the seventh generation right now, that person can aid someone else in doing that. I mean, if you think about a tree like these are all branches of whatever you decided to plant. And so I think that those are the people that I admire the most, right? Don't need personal accolades, don't need anything for it. They'll come, right? But they were more concerned with the spark or the thing that they left behind. Yes. You know, it's crazy. When I was going to get my boba today, I was listening to the radio, FYI, for 
younger generations who I have no idea why you're listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> I was listening to the radio and Ed Love was on. And what was he talking about today? Legacy. And he said, legacy is when when you leave, it's not going to be about remembering you as a politician, as an athlete, as the president of the United States. It's about how people remember you, how you made them feel, how you impacted them. That's going to be your legacy. Yeah. Come on, Mama Angelou. <laughs> Yeah. Just like the timing though today today yeah. Yeah. i turned on the radio and that's what came on so i was like okay i think this is a great sign we are meant to have this conversation today absolutely okay i'm curious to know if you have discovered the boundary or that line between legacy and ego okay spicy a little bit true yeah, no, it's, it's super spicy, right? Because there's so much that gets caught up in both of those things. And I think one of the hardest things, if I'm being honest about myself, mm-hmm. right, is that in this world now, uh, the tools that we have, like there are so many people who are social media influencers mm-hmm. and attention is capital in today's world. And so if you want to have a broader reach for whatever it is that you're trying to do, you also have to generate attention uh, which I think is not something that was of, you, you know what I mean? And like when I, when I think about the people who were big in the past or people who have like who who are part of the movements that we study today, like it, we weren't here to look at a single person. Like the civil rights movement was made of a series of heroes. It wasn't like now nah, I got to go follow, <laughs> I got to go follow Janet to make sure I keep up with everything happening in civil rights. Like it. It wasn't that, but I think in the world that we live in today, like you have to have some air of influencer in order for your reach to be expanded. I I only want to impact folks. I only want to help folks find their purpose. I only want to, like, I want to serve as a ski lift for them to get to the next level in order to do that. I also have to be able to produce good video. I have to do that. And I think that the line is not getting caught up um, in the, in the, in the latter when you're trying to be the former. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've seen it happen that way, too, where like substance disappears because followers start to show up. And so, you know, I'm not I'm not huge on anything as of right now. I think there are people, you know, who know my name, and especially in specific regions. But, um, you know, I think the way that I can avoid ego while thinking about legacy is by surrounding myself with people who will smack me on the back of the neck if they catch me out of line. <laughs> right. And so, yes. Yeah. It's a hard one, too, because you're trying to what you're trying to do is spread the good word. You're trying to promote positive change. And in order to do that, you have to promote it and you have to let people know. So it can be interesting. And that's why, you know, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about the term humble brag, but it's used a lot. Right. But I feel like it's a way of giving people permission to talk about themselves in a way that's like, well, you do good work. I need you to be able to share that with the world. So I feel like I also live in that tension of being able to say, hey, these are the things that I'm passionate about. These are the things that I care about. And also not make it be about me. It's this is how I want to serve the world. 
I need you to know that in case I can be of service, right? Have you come across folks who try to, I don't know, cut down branches or take up all the shade and not share with other people? Have you come across folks that are like, oh, so you're blowing up now and you change a little bit? Have you come across that stuff? Absolutely. And how do you kind of keep, how do you push back? I, I don't. Mm. Right. And like uh, my mom would say it like this. And she says, when people show their true colors, just believe them. And so like, I, I don't play the game. Like uh, I don't argue with folks. I'm very clear on what purpose is central. And I have trusted folks in my life who will tell me if I get out of line. But like an observer who has something to say about me, really, you don't even know me well enough to dislike me. The only thing that you dislike is the six Instagram posts that I made this year and the two hours that you spent in whatever space that I was in. That's not even enough to grasp who I am. And I think for folks who um, are interested in soaking up all of the shade and not, not sharing that with other people. Um, I just ask the question all the time. This is my favorite thing is I just say, so that what, right? Like, and I want to get access to, and I, I want, like, there was a, a, a young, like a, a young person who was, yo, and I really want to be a speaker and I want to be able to travel to, and I want people to follow me and I want to have this. And I'm like, so that, mm-hmm. and if there's not something that's beneficial for other people at the end of that conversation, I can't help you. Because even the way that like I've gotten, to the limited notoriety that I'm working with right now is by doing good work and treating people well. I don't know how to do the other work. I don't know how to soak up shade. I don't know. I don't even know how to accept compliments sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, so I, I can't help folks in that situation. And so I think the best thing that I could do is love them from a distance and from people who find themselves being naysayers, uh, <laughs> to find you at great distance. Yes, that's so funny. I use the same, I use a, a similar term. Sometimes you just got to love them from afar. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's what we got to do. What's really awesome about that though, and I apologize for cutting you off, is that one of the things that happens, right, is that when you release them and then something shows up two or three years later, then the phone rings. You know what I mean? There, there's some institutions that were like, yo, you're talking way too spicy right now. You're uninvited from. And then three years later, they're like, hey, so we got grant funding for. Do you think you could come in and. You know what I mean? Or, or, or places that. And you're like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> but this is to the point, though, right? Uh, of grace. Because then there gets to be a conversation of, you know what I mean, repair, um, of reconciliation, of all of those things, uh, because the posture is different or the the way of listening is different. And so I don't call them, oh, yeah, now I'm still going to be like, back then they didn't want me. Now, like, it, it's, it's not that conversation, right? Because the hope is still that the work that we do is impacting young people or a generation that comes after us. And now if you want to click up to do it, I'm here for it. And I need you to know this is the kind of commitment. I mean, there is the accountability piece. Yeah, let's not do no half-stepping. And you are singing that in at least the back of your head for a little bit. I, I don't say it quietly or in the back of my head. <laughs> I'm like, look, if you're signing up for an initiative, I can't do it. If you're signing up for an imperative, then let's get it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? There's been too many times where someone has done the sexy thing for a week, right? Or has done the thing that's intense, but there's no consistency behind it. And if we're not doing the consistency piece of it, I don't want to be involved. I'll see you later and I love you. God bless you. That's where I'm From afar. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, talk a little bit more about consistency. That's something that you've shared in the past um, in different speaking engagements that I've seen you in. And I feel like it, it's it's an important message that a lot of people uh, need to hear. Uh, I mean, consistency for me really comes down to habits, right? And I, I'm, there's been certain things that have taught me along the way, right? I picked up a father figure, uh, <laughs> with our two kids in the pandemic, right? And uh, trying to lose that or get back in shape, right? Like that doesn't happen because I went to the gym five times in a week, right? Like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. No, not for one week, not for five no. days. Like it's, it's consistently changing my eating habits, right? It's being consistent with, you know, whatever workout routine it is or making my body be active. Right. And walking six times a week is going to be better than sprinting for one day a week. You know what I mean? And when I relate that to change, you know what I mean? When it comes to whatever work that we're trying to do in the world, like you have to be willing to do it for a long time with no return in order to get to the place where you want to go. With no return. With no return. And that that's trash, right? I mean, just keep it a buck, right? Like this is year 10 of me doing a lot of work that I've done in the community. And I think that this is the first year that people have caught on, right? There were early adopters. There were, shout out to DLS, right? There were people who were like, oh man, we might have something on our hands. And now the phone is hot and now the calendars, but like there was 10 years of, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe someone might listen. Right. And now like that the corner has turned, you know what I mean? And I think the same about whatever initiative or imperative we're aiming for, whatever community change, whatever institutional change, like you have to be willing to do it for a while in the same place, naysayers and all, they think you're crazy and all, right? My grandma would say, nobody thought that Noah was smart until it started raining. Okay. Right? <laughs> Your grandma has a few nuggets that you've shared over the years. She's on it. Man truth thank you to your grandma also please come on put her on the podcast that's where it needs to go she don't don't do boba like that it might have to be sweet tea or something but (laughs) (laughs) we can do that we can do that gosh okay so you were talking about um you know the consistency in over 10 years that's working hard for a long time and i've known you for a very large chunk of that time that you have been building up to this, I don't even know what we call it. It's not a pinnacle because you're continuing to climb, you're continuing to grow. But I will say that an important part of this conversation over the years has been this concept of rest and recharging because you can't build a legacy overnight. And so I know you just got off of a little break can we talk about the, yeah, oh, look, at so fresh. Your skin is looking so dewy. <laughs> no bags under the eyes, indicating some sleep. Yep. Maybe some hydration. Let's coffee keep over doing water, this for water, a while. water, coffee. 
<laughs> Don't we feel good after being rested, right? Absolutely. Talk to me more about the importance of this rest and recharge and water over coffee. Yeah, it's essential. It's like it's it's the it's the most important thing. Right. And I haven't thought of that. And I think that this is one of the places where um, particularly like my gender has has gotten in the way of this conversation. Tell and me I, more. Right. Like, I don't, I, I won't I won't say that. And men just have it so because I'm not that guy. You feel me? But like with the things that I've been taught about what it means to be right, have always been provisional, have always okay. been protect. You have more value if you produce more. Right. Sleep is for. Right. Uh, who said, I think it was Drake. I don't take naps. Me and the money are way too attached to go and do that. Right. Like in mm. all, of, like there's just this idea that like, if you don't sleep, if you don't take care of yourself, like you're more, you have more value. Right. And I remember specifically when the tide changed for me and we were there together. Right. As like, I both physically, I was working a lot emotionally, there were so many things that were happening in the world. And at one of the schools where um, I was there frequently, there was one of uh, the students in one of our programs that ended up taking her own lives. And right, like I was there supporting the other babies and all this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Got to go speak at this assembly. And like, it was the unhealthiest that I think I had ever been. Right. I, I float a body. I'm I'm six one. I'm a large person. My body's normally over two hundred pounds. At this time I was 175. Right. Like was drinking coffee more than I think I was eating meals. Right. And to the outside world, like, oh, he's on the grind. He's doing it. Right. He's blowing up. He's doing that. And I'm like, I'm falling apart. You know what I mean? And I remember like post I I ugly cried. Right. And I'm just sitting in that that room in that space. And like, I haven't taken any time to rest. I haven't processed any of the like the loss. And I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm just sitting here with, you know, firsthand and secondhand grief. Um, and now I think that there's nothing more important than doing maintenance on the machine. Because I don't want to have to deal with what occurs in the breakdown. And again, to having kids and having a family now, like my family has to get the best of me and not the rest of me. And so if I don't take time, yeah, right? If we don't take the time to to rest, if we don't take the time to take care of ourselves, if the habits, again, consistency aren't pointing towards a healthy you, right? Like that's, that's sabotage. And forget the work at that point because you only got 25% of you. So you only got 25% productivity if that. But if you show up at 100 you know what I mean? Then you, you got a way better chance of actually getting to the outcomes that you've been aiming for. So sit down. It's hard. Thank you for sharing that. I still remember that moment because I think you just painted it so well. Um, and it really is that testament to finally taking that as the lesson. I haven't had any meals today. I haven't slept. This is probably my third coffee of the day. We we used to kind of joke about that all the time, right? Are you drinking more coffee than water? Yeah. Ah, no, I, I remember that line specifically. And I, I wrote it down. It's just that I, I care. Uh, what did I say? I said, uh, I drink more coffee than water, which means I care more about being efficient than I do about being alive. 
<laughs> like, yo, the grind is, uh, it's not for me, boo. Right? <laughs> because it's not real. It's, it's not real. Not, don't turn this podcast into something else. <laughs> That's a different episode, y'all. However, we're just going to say it. Yeah. Can I, can I insert this really quickly? Please. I just think that like this, because this was a revelation um, as of late, right? Like it, I quit my job like without <laughs> the five-year or 10-year plan that most folks' parents would want them to have and like mm-hmm. leapt directly into, you know what I mean? Owning my own business, um, doing my own type of, you know, consulting and being with. And uh, I got so caught up in that idea of productivity and the grind and we got to make it and I don't want to look like a failure and all of these things. Um, and it hit me one day, I was singing to my daughter, right? Shout out to Tish, the song, I'm so lucky. Uh, and I'm like remixing it. So Zion's name is in there. And, mm. and she just looks at me with like the biggest light in her eyes. And I had been like so stressed, like I'm sweating bullets about like income and finances and all of this. And like we had experienced the ups and downs of like this season we made a lot and this season we made none. And and like my daughter doesn't care <laughs> about zeros, right? Does not care about the utility bill. She um, doesn't know who you are in the world. She, and she don't care. All she cares is that I sing that song really well to her. You know what I mean? And like when you say the grind isn't real, like ultimately it's not. And in the seasons where I did have security or I had, you know, where, where we were, there wasn't more month than check. Like I didn't feel any different. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think the whole time, like, you know, spent most of my life in a check to check space. And like Tuesday doesn't feel different. I might feel some more secure and there are maybe a few more, a few less things that I have to wear. But I don't feel like, like the, I, I thought I was going to feel like Taylor Swift. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when when maybe more zeros showed up or yeah. like I could take my wife somewhere to go to and like it's still the same. And my wife would love me, right? If it's a two bedroom apartment or a one, if it's a mansion or and my daughter's still just gonna want me to sing, I'm so lucky. And so I'm like apologize for for a tangent here, but I'm no. just like, yo, it, it's been a really big lesson that like those things are actually fictitious. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the more seasoned I get, as in more years in life, I am so much more willing to resist that need for productivity. But I'll still say, and my husband is the first one to say, I don't rest well. I don't rest well on a day off or a week off or whatever I have grown up with this mentality that like you got to take care of everything before you can rest. Like as a child, it was when you come home from school, you do your homework and you do your chores and then you can go play. And that has internalized so deeply that when I come home after a long day of work, I am still looking for more work to do before I even sit down. I'm like, well, I better empty the dishwasher. I better do this. I better pay for these bills. And and it's like, and my husband's just looking at me. He's like, could you just sit down? <laughs> could you just sit down? And I'm like, I mean, I can, but I can't relax right now. Like, I'm going to be sitting like this. Yeah. But it is something that every year I become more, I mean, I'm more aware of it now 
And I'm more willing to push back against it and say, you know what, that's that productivity beast that's talking, that's that hustle culture that's talking, and that is not how I want to be remembered. I don't want to be remembered as a hard worker. I want to be remembered as a person that made you feel welcome, a person that made you feel connected, a person that made you feel seen, maybe sometimes made you laugh, but I don't want to be remembered as a hard worker. Forget <laughs> that, man. Like, that's great. But like, no. what does that say about how, how we engaged with folks? Right. So I appreciate that tangent because I think it's still a continuous lesson for us to learn. What I love and what empowers me is when I remember that rest is a form of resistance. Yep. And then I'm like, all right, bye. I'm going to the pool. Yeah. It's the opposite of exploitation, right? That is it. That is it. That's real. That's and I don't think like to your point earlier, like I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Like I can love people and be a hard worker. I'm gonna just be a hard worker with boundaries. <laughs> Absolutely. And when it's time to hang up the sneakers, you can hang up the sneakers. But I think for folks like us that work in education or nonprofit or coaching or consulting, or any, like people will take anything that you give them. 40 hours Absolutely. does not exist on that sheet. Nobody's measuring that. Nobody's marking it. Like most of those jobs are 60 to 65 if you keep it above. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But if you hold the boundary, you hold the line then rest is actually the thing that prevents you from getting exploited, right? And I think the hard part about it is like people will see your talents, they'll celebrate you, and that becomes the hook into, right? Like, oh, but you're so good at this and we love when you do it. Would you just, can you just do this one thing from six to nine o'clock after you work from eight to five o'clock and not see your family tonight? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I can't, boo. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And that's boundary speaking, and that's uh, that's also acknowledging the ego, right? Absolutely. Like, okay, thanks for thanks for pumping me up, and that makes me feel great to to hear this. And also, we can reconvene tomorrow because this is my time now. Absolutely. I always like to remind friends, and especially young professionals, you know. There is a time where, especially early on in your career, whatever that might be, where you do feel the need to prove yourself. You're younger. You really want people to maybe know your name and just increase your chances of doing well and being successful in your role. But I always want to remind them that as much as you love your job, your job is not going to love you back. Your job is not the one who's going to say, hey, don't you need a mental health day today? Your job is not the one that's going to say, did you have your annual checkup with your doctor? Your job is not the one that's going to say, I don't think you've had enough sleep. I think you've had more coffee than water. Your job's not going to say any of that. Absolutely, no. So you got to be the one to kind of define that and place that boundary. So apparently boundaries are very important for us in our legacy. Absolutely. You, I mean, you you can't do any legacy work if you don't have boundaries. If everything is focused on producing something for someone else and you don't have any time to think about what's important to you and the way that you see the world, you, what, when are you going to do legacy work? Some people are blessed where those things overlap, right? But like if I'm an accountant and I care so much about preventing human trafficking, 
unless I'm working for a place that like is directly, I, I need some time to be able to, you know, like physically go in. And if I don't set healthy boundaries, I won't. I can't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what that made me think of also is the way that people don't understand that rest is also a time for you to be with your with your thoughts so that you can build legacy. Like you didn't come up with plant seeds, no shade from being on a flight and working on your laptop and coming up with the next whatever it was, right? There had to be a time. How do you allocate now for yourself? How do you allocate this legacy building of, okay, what are some things that I want to um, flesh out that's kind of been in the back of my mind that's been in my notebook, but I haven't really thought about it? Like, do you have a routine for that? Absolutely. And I, I think like as my life has gotten more demanding, um, I have to, like I, I put it on my calendar and I protect it. Right. Like it's the same way that, you know, if if I had a really important meeting that I had to give a presentation for, I protect that time the same way I would protect that. Oh, and so. Right. Because I, I value both of them. Both of those things are important to me and I'm actually a better human if I show up with that. And so all the time in the morning now um, I walk for about an hour and a half. Right. I get my body moving. Um, I listen to an audio book or music that I love, right? And find myself like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if like meditating has a specific definition, um, but that's my time to be with me, to be with my thoughts, uh, to think about, to pray, to do whatever. Uh, and then also like, I think that you have to have a specific time for a community. And so every Friday morning, there are two of my guys who uh, our lives are kind of adjacent to each other. And we just ask three simple questions, right? What was your life like this week uh, as a father? What was your life like this week as a husband? What was your life like this week uh, and your pursuance of purpose or legacy? And we spend an hour and a half with each other every Friday morning. If we're if one of us is on a plane or somewhere, we do it on Zoom. If we're all in the city at the same time, meet at a coffee shop and do the walk. Uh, and it's a value. It's a significant value. It sounds so life-giving and such poignant questions straight to the point. And also, can I just say that I love what you are contributing to the space of vulnerability in men? As you shared, you know, the the, the messages, the narrative that you were given um, coming into this world were very much about be the provider be strong, be the protector, but to be able to share also, you are in community with other men that are trying to be great fathers, great husbands, great legacy makers. That takes so much vulnerability. Where did you learn that? Uh, not by like lesson, by necessity. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, people have more mental health challenges, more breakdowns than they'd like to let on in the world. Uh, and I don't hide from those things, right? Because I, I've actually watched it save other people's lives when I talk about it. Like, I can't tell you how many young men I've held post-assembly, post-conference, who have talked about, right? Like, you know, I, I didn't know how much longer I wanted to be alive. I didn't know about these tools. Um, and I, I've also watched the opposite of, like, I've, I've been with 
you know, like who would be considered OGs and other people can't hug them or touch them. You know what I mean? Other men in particular, like, nah, nah, gee, I, like I got it. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've watched breakdowns happen with older folk and I'm like, I, I can't be that. Like, you know, and there's no shade. It's not a better, I'm better than you. Like I would, I would rather if I had to choose the two <laughs> of these things, I'd rather be emotionally vulnerable Right. To the point where somebody might say something ill of me, but I feel healed. Right. You soft, you, you light skinned and whatever other, you know, things that they want. I'd rather be that than find myself in a place where my son, you know what I mean? Or a young man, woman, like they, they, they can't have an emotional connection with me. That's, that's tough. And so like, I've, I've learned through necessity. I've learned through um, my own difficulties, I've learned through feeling isolated, uh, and I just think that the alternative is is much better. I feel lighter uh, when I just make art out of it, right, or I share it with someone else. And I think the community that we build, particularly on that Friday, to watch other people, and I, w- I won't, uh, I won't share their names, right? I'll let them hold who they are. But these are other people, like who have significant notoriety, right? Who like. You know what I mean? Like their job is to look like they have it together. And on Friday, we get to just like, (laughs) at least for 90 minutes, none of us have to be, yeah, none of us have to be Superman. And also, let's just say this, your Friday gatherings is probably why you are all able to show up at your jobs looking like you have it together. Absolutely. It's part of it. The unraveling is part of it. That's beautiful. You know, we always we kind of reference in a lot of our conversations just like a love for music and hip hop. And so that got me thinking about the message that hip hop, at least historically, has given towards men of ways of being and ways of not being. How do you, I guess, sit with the I am willing to be a man of vulnerability who shows emotions and also blast whatever song it might be that literally is like the opposite. Do you get what I'm saying? Like in hip hop culture, that's happened so much of the way that women are seen, the way that that men are supposed to be seen. How do we enjoy the music and also push back against? That's not how I'm trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that there's, so there's balance in that conversation. Right. I'm, I'm not the old head. Who's like, no, I don't listen to any of that. Uh, but I, I do think that in my life right now, there's a disconnect between, I think, like new age hip hop and how I want to live my life. Um, but I, I like what purpose does that music serve? I think it's a good question. Right. If, I, if I'm going for a run. Right. Like <laughs> whatever character I need to pretend to be in this song, like I'm here for it. Right. You know what I mean? But like. There was a time period, I think, for about a year and a half, like in the way that I was writing, I just didn't listen to hip hop. Mm. Right? Like I changed my diet. I picked up a lot of like uh, just artists who I would not typically listen to. I was really in like the indie section of the world. I listened to a lot of James Blake, a lot of different soundscapes. Um, but like the diet and the switch up really changed how I operated in the world. And so, and especially the way that I was writing. And so like... I, I don't, if if I don't agree with what's happening on the speakers, I'm not listening to it in my leisure time. 
the, especially the I think when it comes down to like misogyny, there's just some things that I can't get down with. Um, cause I can't slap that in the car right next to my wife and mm-hmm. then pretend that the cognitive dissonance isn't happening. Um, and so, and, you know, regardless of if she's there or not, there are certain ways in which I hold her and hold other women that that's just not a value to me. Um, so yeah, no, I feel really old head with that answer, but like it, it's real. You it, know what it, I mean? It's like where you are, what you need that music for. Absolutely. And honestly, like that's a whole conversation in itself. I was just curious. Um, we always got questions. It's all good. No, put put Cole in rotation, put put Kendrick in rotation. You know what I mean? And even though they have, you know, their their own issues with, um, especially on this last Kendrick album, it's it's great to hear them wrestle. Yes. You know what I mean? Because that dance, I think, is important. I hate when people show up with like the holier than thou and because you think this way, like I appreciate in their music that they give folks a bridge from, you know what I mean, this to this. So anyway, anyway, yeah. before it turns into a music. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay. We've talked a lot about your beautiful family. What legacy do you seek to leave your family and your community with? Uh, for my family, I want to leave them um, with the legacy that they're more than enough. Right? And I... You know, I feel this such a cliche answer, but I think so much of my life, uh, due to whatever conditions, right? Like, see our next podcast on institutional racism. Uh, <laughs> but like, I've had to spend so much time unnecessarily proving myself, right? When I should have been in a place of sharing myself. But in academia, right, I've had to prove certain things. I've, I've had to soften my body. I've had to keep my hands in my pockets or outside of my pockets, depending on where we are. And like just my, I want my kids and my family to know that like you belong anywhere that you put your two feet down. And if people don't think so, they're the one that's wrong. Like don't spend time proving that because I think you can take more risks. Your imagination is expanded. Your ability of what's possible is larger. Uh, and not to say that my hope is that those things won't exist. Some of them still will, right? And some of them in greater magnitude than now. See our next podcast on politics. Um, <laughs> but right, like just to have that inner knowing, like, no, baby, I'm the magic is what I want to leave for them. I think for my community um, is the understanding that we can do more things together than we can do apart, right? That collaboration is always better than competition. Right. Why fight for and whatever it is, money, space, whatever. Why fight for one independently when we could get five together? And it's just my whole perspective has shifted on that. That's how that Friday group has come about. Like those folks who I was <laughs> were like, yo, I'm looking at them like, yo, you're in the same niche as me. You operate in the same space like you're taking food from my baby's mouth. As opposed to like, what could we do together that would have a greater impact? The yeah. community that we're working in. And so those are the two things. I love that so much. And you know what? What I love about you is I have a sense that uh, just, you know, from your Friday group, you've passed along those names for projects in the past. Absolutely. You, you don't hold back. And to me, I think that is the best way to become 
successful and build a legacy is when you are rooted in that sense of community. You understand that what you give out is also going to come back so you don't got to worry about it. You don't have to worry about that's my job or that's their job. Who's going to get it? But if I know other great folks that are doing the work and I want to share that out, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get my piece too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you, you'll get way more, right? And that, that's not what it's for, but you will. You will and you get, and you feel more connected. I don't know any successful person who rises to the top and feels good about being by themselves up there. Yeah. We hear about it all the time. These are people that turn to a lot of vices and it, they become depressed because Absolutely. they are alone. And community is where we get to stay rooted and where we get to feel like, okay, I'm doing the right stuff here. Yeah. No arguments, no any of that. That's, I think that loneliness is, and you, you watch it, you watch it eat people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, anyway, I won't uh, tell you what I've been watching on television. Uh, but there was like this, it was a really good metaphor of this woman who kept showing up with bite marks on her body. Uh, and it was guilt that was like, it's it's a weird sci-fi show conversation for another time. But like, no, those things will really take its toll on you, right? Cortisol and stress like will kill you. You know what I mean? And I think that that sense of being in community, and I, I think it keeps you on your toes too, right? If you're like, yo, Jenna recommended you for your for this opportunity at wherever else. Like, I know that not only is it a reflection of me, but now it's also a reflection of you, right? And sometimes I'll care more about the other person than I do about myself or the opportunity in the moment. And so I think it has a special way of keeping you sharp as well. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so on a lighter note. Yeah. I mean, we only got to, you know, half the world's problems today. I'm not going to put you on the spot, by the way. But I meant to ask you earlier if you had any pieces that you've been excited about sharing to the world and at least want to know it's coming, where we're going to be able to hear them. Oh, but if man. you had any snippets that you're like, you know what? How's this sound, Jana? I just wanted you to know this is a safe space. Yeah, no, this is there's actually one that I'm extremely excited about, and I'll read you a snippet from it. Really? Um, yeah, and I'll also do my my shameless plug for the project that's coming up. Oh my so, gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, so I got nominated for the Emmy for Trees. Um, I think that this might be a winner, and this is this is perfect because it's a metaphor for what we've been talking about. Yeah, uh, and so there's a project that we've been producing, there's been a lot of social media buzz for it. But it's a project called Tinnabus, um, and it's a collaboration between Foster's Creative, which is a really dope um, creative agency in Tacoma, uh, and then Etcetera Clothing, which is like the illest brand on the planet. It's Tacoma born and raised, ninth year anniversary coming up uh, very soon. I have self-proclaimed myself as the, the Anorak ambassador. Most of the times when you see me, that like that's what I'm wearing. Um, but like I, I think if this project gets submitted that it's an Emmy winner. It's like all different parts of Tacoma. It's uh, so many different mediums and artists and rappers and storytellers and dancers and painters. And it's the project's going to be amazing. But the whole idea is Tacoma is the biggest small town on the planet. And if you know 10 of us, then you know all. Damn. 
So it's special. But this is the middle part that I've been really excited about. Okay. Um, and talking about like, you know, like this is, this is the idea of community. But it asked the question, uh, here it goes. It says, I don't know if you've ever felt this. And if you haven't, I would question what your perception of self is. What your retail sales and relationship with the shelf is like, what your coins and calendar say about your concept of community. Like, would you break bread and commune with me? Like, do your dollars spin around the same corners that your commute would be? Or did you pay double to a designer who would never water where your roots would be? If it ain't polyrev, push trees, all bets, or et cetera, then it probably ain't suiting me, baby. All my fits designer. I just rather know the designer. And the same goes for the coffee shop, marketplace, restaurants, or diner. The homies don't need no Michelin star. Just neighborhood approval. Catch me in the same spot order in the same thing in the same corner like a usual. See, this kind of support is unusual. This type of soil is immovable. And I'll leave the rest here so that you can go and catch the project. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll put it out at uh, the local theater here. There's going to be a big screening for it. So keep your eyes out. It'll be uh, before the year's up. I think uh, we're aiming like October or November. Dang, all the snaps, my friend. Just chills already. And that was just a preview. Folks, if you have not, again, run to Vimeo, YouTube, wherever you got to go to listen to Christian's poetry. Thank you for sharing that. I wasn't expecting you to be sh sharing poetry today. I hoped, but you know, thanks, friend. Yeah, um, absolutely. I did want to circle back and ask you. Okay, there's a problem when I'm holding this cup up, and do you see how full it is? Yeah, how come you weren't drinking any of your loba? Let me see yours. Okay, so he got part way. Okay, part of part of why is because it's kind of loud. Okay, and I feel like this mic can pick up every gulp. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. You know. I have my thoughts. I'd love to hear yours first. And let's say that this is a, um, we'd like to do a five-star Yelp review rating. It can be everything from the the location, the service, the presentation, as well as, of course, the flavors. If there's any cuteness factor, whatever it is you want to say about it, where are we with our five stars and why? Yeah, uh, one out of five would not recommend. Um, it was an L. Okay. You know, the conversation made it way, way sweeter. Um, but the, the boat, I'm like, I'm, I'm drinking it because it's hot in here. And I need yeah. some hydration. <laughs> I know, me too. But it's, uh, no, not a vibe. Not a vibe. I will be sticking to my two spots on South Tacoma Way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you think it was the um, flavor? Was it not sweet enough? Was it too sweet? Was the boba not chewy enough? Can you kind of get into what, where it went wrong? Yeah, yeah. Toppings were fire, right? So- wasn't mad about that. Um, I got it blended and it wasn't like mm. thick, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, wah, wah. Uh, okay. um, so that wasn't awesome. The honeydew flavor slaps because it always does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. One out of five. You know, maybe it's the better the conversation, the worse the boba. Because for me, 
I barely drank this. I barely drank it. And I, one, the presentation is just whatever. It's not like one, there are some cute places where you get like a cute tiny little bear or like, but this is not it. It's simple. Usually this is one of my like, it's easy to get to near the house, reliable. But I think I just did myself wrong with this flavor. So it's kiwi fruit tea with that IU jelly. And I feel like one, I should have just left it at that and didn't need to add more toppings because the kiwi fruit itself is in there. There was like fresh kiwi plus there's jelly. And then I added the crystal boba. So then it was just like, there's a whole salad in here. That's too much for me. And then I asked for 30% sweet. And I kid you not, this tastes 100% sweet. You know what the move is? You should peel the cap, put mm-hmm. some ice in there, and then try to blend it. And it might be a vibe because you got all the oh, stuff. Oh, that's a good move. Is that breaking boba rules, though? Don't let me I get sh- in trouble. No, 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 no. It's better than wasting it at this point. Like, what are we going to lose? I maybe oh just will throw some tequila in here at the same time and just have like a blended tropical party. You know? You know, it's summer. Yeah, so that would be like a also I've never given out like a one, but today we're gonna give out a one. But five out of five for the conversation. <laughs> I'm here for. I'm here for five out of five. Okay, I do always like to ask my guests if they have a piece of advice, a tapioca pearl of wisdom, if you will. But in your case, we're talking about seeds, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to close on this. One, I really do wholeheartedly congratulate you, friend, on the continued success, becoming Tacoma's Poet Laureate this year, and just all the good things that keep coming your way and to your family. I'm curious to know, from all the seeds that you've been planting over the last 10 years, now watching them start to bud and grow some a lot faster than you expected. What advice would you give those who are still in the early planting stages? I would say focus on the craft or the habit, right? Not the outcomes, not the accolades, not any of the, the more that you put into the habit, the more consistent you become, like success becomes inevitable, right? Like coming back to that analogy, if you run three miles a day, you know what I mean? At some point, like you're you're not going to be, <laughs> you're going to look like a runner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so whatever the craft is, whatever the thing is, just put time and energy into it uh, and don't don't focus on what's around you, right? I think I all of those things, uh, Tacoma Poet Laureate, uh, performing at Atlantic Fest this year in DC, which is a big deal. I'm like the nerdy person who's m- way more excited to meet all the authors and article folks than, <laughs> than some of us. But right, like that has occurred not because I sought it out, not because I chased after it, not because of it, because I focused on the the task at hand, the the craft, the work. Um, and I think that that's going to be true. And wherever you get better at, if your goal is to connect with it, get better at loving people. Right, get better at whatever your specific art form is. Get better at right, and I think if you focus on that, then everything else will show up. Again, it's a game of consistency, not a game of intensity. So I think that's the C. 
I love that. I love that so much. Okay. And then finally, do you have any other upcoming projects that you want us to know about causes you're passionate about that you want folks to be aware of? Yeah. So a few things. One is the, the trees line. So the shirt, the poem that we referenced at the beginning, uh, shirts are out in the world, plant seeds, no shade, stickers out here on the Stanley water bottles. I heard you're not supposed to do that, but just regular the rules anyway. Gang, gang. Uh, so that is um, alive and available, christianpage.com slash store. Uh, majority of the proceeds will go back to just sowing seeds in Tacoma. I know that people have their cause of like, right? Like, oh, and if you do this, then we'll give it to people who don't have this. And uh, essentially, like, I just want to be able to bless young people who have passions. Like there was a young girl in our community who played five instruments and owned zero, right? Buy baby girl a trumpet. You know what I mean? Uh, but being able to, to plant seeds in that fashion. So um, again, the, the shirts are available. Hoodies will be coming soon as you get ready to go back to school, unless you're exclusive and you got one already. Um, we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but can I just interject for a second? I wore that trees hoodie well into late spring, not just because we get, you know, chilly springs here. It is one of the most comfortable hoodies I now own. Like whatever fabric, whatever you were using, it's like high quality. Like I just want to wear it all the time. Not just because you're my friend. Because if it was like a starchy ass hoodie, I'm sorry. I'd be like, I love you. I bought it, but I don't know how often I could wear it. No, I want to wear this all the time. It is 80 degrees right now, so I cannot... However, props to this quality apparel line that you got going on because when these hoodies come back out, y'all, I'm just saying. (laughs) Do you want to know the secret? What? They're made with love in every stage. (laughs) It feels like it for real, though. It feels like it. Truly, truly. It feels like a hug is happening. A hug in a hoodie. <gasps> Come on. Ooh. Oh, there's your brand right there. Right okay, with there it. it is. There it is. Boba in a hug with a hoodie. Dang. That's a fall, like, Seattle thing if I've ever heard one. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. <laughs> but before you get out of here, uh, listeners, please be sure to hit up Christian at christianpage.com or all things social at Speaks. Page is spelled P-A-I-G-E. There is an I in it. And don't you forget. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you forget it. (laughs) Did I do my due diligence? Yeah, that was fire. That was fire. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today for some boa. It was so good to see your face and finally connect. I love all the many episodes we got into in this one episode. (laughs) We traveled. We traveled. That's what we do. Ah, no, thank you for having me. Grateful to be a part of it. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Also, bucket hats are back because like Jinko jeans are about to be here in like two shakes. So (laughs) do you need a potty break? No. No, it feels really Diane Sawyer. You know what I mean? Like you gotta...
a tapioca pearl of wisdom, if you will. Have you seen the SpongeBob episode with the bubble wand and you have to do the exact steps? No! 